You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Crossover Edition, our first Thursday crossover episode as the 49ers travel to Detroit to take on the Lions and our guest today, Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. To break it all down, we'll go through both teams, how we feel about these squads, and make our picks in this week one contest. Eric Crocker not joining me today. He is on the road traveling. He'll be back with me tomorrow to break down this game a little bit further and preview week one against the Detroit Lions. But uh, I love these crossovers to really get a peek into the mind of a person that covers the team daily that the 49ers are about to take on. So uh, that'll be a fun conversation coming up in just a minute here with Matt Derry. A few practice notes first before we get to that crossover. The 49ers practice report. Trey Lance getting back in and throwing some passes for the first time since hurting his finger and chipping a bone in that finger. I think if he needs to play and he might have a uniform on Sunday, but I I get the feeling the 49ers don't want to trot him out there just in case he's not 100-100%. He's a very important asset for the future of this franchise and they should be able to go beat the Detroit Lions without getting too tricky with it and playing it pretty straight up with Jimmy G at quarterback. Those who did not practice Wednesday, defensive tackle Kevin Givens, defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley, and we learned yesterday maybe you know he's going to be on the shelf for a short time, and they're being cautious, I think, with some of these guys, and who knows, maybe all of them will be ready to play Sunday if they need to, but uh, they're making sure these guys don't get hurt, and they're here for the long haul this season, and thus the signing of Josh Norman at cornerback, just in case Emmanuel Mosley isn't ready to go and needs an extra week with that soft tissue injury. And then an interesting one is Jalen Hurd, not practicing Wednesday, and Kyle Shanahan did not rule out putting Jalen Hurd on injured reserve to stash him away for a few weeks and earn back a roster spot while he gets 100% and gets to the point where uh, they will need to utilize him at wide receiver. And again, another player that I don't think they need to throw out there early in the season. But if he does get to that 100% level at some point later in the year, they could utilize him. So I think IR might be the smart move there with Jalen Hurd, especially when you have Sanu and Jennings and, and guys who can play a sort of big-bodied, slot receiver role, give yourself an opportunity to use that roster spot maybe if you need it somewhere else. And there's a few protections at cornerback. Dante Johnson, one of those back on the practice squad who has been protected now from being stolen off of that practice squad. And so we might see maybe Travis Benjamin as a return man join the big club along with Dante Johnson potentially there among those players protected from the practice squad that another team cannot steal away. Good news, full participants in practice. Welcome back, rookie second-round guard Aaron Banks. He was on the practice field fully participating for the first time since that first preseason game. Wide receiver Brandon Ayuk back on the field. Defensive end Nick Bosa, a full participant, which is a huge boon for this football team to get him back and full go, which he should be in week one. D Ford on the practice field, along with linebacker Dre Greenlaw and cornerback Jason Ferret. So that is the practice report for Wednesday as the team gets ready to travel to Detroit for week one. Let's talk to the host of Locked On Lions, Matt Derry. Get the dirt on this new look Detroit Lions football team in 2021 and how it stacks up against the Niners in week one. 
For those of you listening to Locked On Lions, I am Brian Peacock, co-host of Locked On 49ers, and I am with Matt Derry, host of Locked On Lions. Getting ready for week one here. I'm pumped for football, and this little extra week after the preseason games just adds a little bit extra and I can even sense that the fans out there you can feel it on Twitter you can feel it on the streets Matt that the fans are are getting a little excited this extra week has really made them start to grind their teeth a little bit about the season it's a little weird isn't it Brian to go from that last preseason game it seems like a month ago (laughs) but here we are and even here in Detroit it's uh you know it's low expectations uh fans know the roster's not very good but yet football's football you know, the Tigers had a decent summer here. I know it's not like out there where the Giants are unbelievable, but, you know, people are ready for football and they're excited. And to see this new regime with Dan Campbell, to see what the team looks like, new quarterback, there is some intrigue to this game, certainly on Sunday. Yeah, it's tough because if, say, the Pistons have a bad year or the Tigers have a bad year, you, you, as a Lions fan, it's rough. You can't really just sit back and say, well, at least the Lions are going to be great this year, right? <laughs> it's It's been a while. And then an offseason like we've seen and the one guy you could bank on and Matthew Stafford gone, how are the fans holding up? Is there some optimism out there at least? Are there some fans that maybe have convinced themselves, look, hey, the Lions are sleepers. The Lions are going to do something this year. It's interesting. You know, David always says, David Locke, our boss at the Lockdown Network says, you know, Matt Dario, he's he's been with us from the beginning, 2016. So this is my sixth season doing this show. And the first few years with Jim Caldwell, there were some good teams. And, 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 and one team at nine wins made the playoffs. The next win, team nine wins did not. But the last three years, bro, with Matt Patricia and, and Bob Quinn was just an unmitigated disaster. I mean, my listens went down. And I don't think I did anything wrong. But people are like, I'm out. Until they get rid of this guy. It happens. Right, you know? Yeah, it happens. I saw it with the 49ers, you know, peaking at a Super Bowl. Then you come back the next season, everyone's excited. Then all of a sudden, week two, everyone's getting hurt and tearing up their ligaments on the, the New York Jets turf. And the listens go down because fans get bummed out. And fans don't, some fans are going to be listening no matter what. And some fans, it doesn't matter. And they just want to hear the analysis and they want to be involved and they're plugged in every day. But some fans, they check out when the losses start piling up because it's just, it's too much. And they, they want to go do oh, other yeah. things. The problem is, is that losses have piled up before, whether it's Wayne Fonts, Jim Schwartz, Jim Caldwell, um, uh, you know, Rod Marinelli, Steve Mariucci. But the last three years under Matt Patricia was an unlikable team with an unlikable coach. The players that you did like were openly saying, get me out of here. Darius Slay, Snacks Harrison, Quandre Diggs. Stafford always kept an even keeled approach. Uh, yes, his wife popped off occasionally on Instagram, but it, 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 it was what it was. <laughs> but now there is some intrigue on, all right, how's number 16 and not number nine going to look under center? Uh, he has not had good success against the Niners, so San Francisco knows him well. Uh, but there's new faces on offense. The defense is younger um, and can't get any worse than it was last year, a record-setting bad defense. So from that standpoint, yes, Dan Campbell's been semi-entertaining and the fans seem to like him and He's rallying behind Detroit. He's a former Lions player. So that's intriguing. But again, what happens if Nick Bosa comes around the edge? Uh, you know, and, and it's one of those days where early on San Francisco, you know, really, really establishes its will. The two quarterbacks are humming. Garoppolo's throwing. Lance is running. Uh, it could be a long day for Detroit. 
All right, there's a number of things I need to grill you on here when it comes to the Lions because a ton of roster changeover. And I got to be honest, I, look, I covered the NFL too and the Peacock and Williamson show, covered the league wide. Yeah. I've been covering this thing for a long time, follow the draft very closely. I know all the seventh round picks, I know all the undrafted free agents. And rarely does a name squeak by. I do not know what a Tom Kennedy is. Matt, can you tell me what's going on here? I, I got to start at wide receiver because this position group obviously uh, is uh, a work in progress long term. Who's who's the target hog in this group? The rookie Amonra St. Brown, how is he looking? Uh, Tom Kennedy, what even is that? Uh, how's this group going to look? Is there going to be anybody for Jared Goff to throw to? Oh, man, that's that's the biggest issue. TJ Hawkinson's a stud. He's a Pro Bowl tight end. He's fine. And if I'm the Niners, I'm putting two guys on him at all times and, lay, and making Goff throw to the outside because TJ can play. But you're right. I mean, this wide receiver room, and I said this on the uh, the Ultimate Division uh, preview show um, on our network uh, with the other NFC North guys, it's the worst position group, I think, in football. Uh, I just think it's that bad. You lose Marvin Jones, you lose Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola, Jamal Agnew, all gone. You return Quintez Cephas, who's a fifth-round pick from two years ago. Had a nice rookie year, but didn't get to run by a lot of people. And then you're right, Tom Kennedy's a former lacrosse player. Uh, they, they went out and traded for or signed uh, off the scrap heap from the Browns, Kadero Hodge. Um, you know, they, they seem to think that Tyrell Williams will be their number one, but they were hoping Brashad Perriman was going to be their number two, and he's not. They cut him. So the wide receiver room, you mentioned St. Brown, good-looking rookie, but again, a, a slot guy and a reason why there was a reason he went fourth, fifth round. So th that's that's an issue. They're going to have to establish the run. DeAndre Swift out of the backfield catching passes. Jamal Williams, little, you know, heavy set back, second and two, give it to Jamal, hope he gets five uh, type of thing. And grind games out that way and keep the other team's offense off the field. I think that's the biggest hope and not have to have Jared Goff in third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, because that's going to be a long afternoon for the guys in blue. Yeah, and, and that's something the 49ers have been able to do for a while now is harass Jared Goff, and they did it twice a year against the Rams in the NFC West. And so, like, every angle you look at in this game, and we'll make some predictions here in a little bit, maybe the next segment, but... Every angle you look at is like, well, okay, well, TJ Hawkinson's a young, budding superstar player. It's like, well, the 49ers have Fred Warner, one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. Uh, Jared Goff, you know, he's not terrible. You would think that uh, he's the worst quarterback in the league with some of the headlines you see going from Matthew Stafford to Jared Goff. He's okay, but man, the 49ers have had his number and he doesn't do good at all with pressure. He needs a clean pocket and the 49ers right now have everybody healthy coming back even d ford is going to be in there uh, coming off the edge in situational uh, pass rushes which uh, we didn't think was going to happen over here in the bay area most of the off season so uh, everywhere you look it doesn't really bode well for what the lions could possibly do on the offensive side of the ball now i got to be careful as well because this is a football team full of grown men and we know that things can go a lot of different ways on Sundays, and the ball can bounce funny. And especially week one, sometimes you can throw the records uh, from previous years out the window, and there can be some variance as we figure out who these teams are and how things come together. So let's get a little bit more into this matchup. Talk Lions, talk 49ers, and make some predictions on this very first crossover of a brand new season. Attention gamblers of all shapes and sizes. Our friends at Manscaped have a can't-miss bet for you today. The leaders in male grooming just launched their fourth-generation performance package featuring the Lawnmower 4.0. Ready to take the leap to male grooming royalty? 
2 million men already have. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code Locked On. Gentlemen, you know, if you've ever tried to trim down there, and I hope you have because you got to keep things tidy, right? You need something that can do the job, but you need something that is delicate enough to not have any mishaps that in the past have been way too easy to happen before things like Manscaped and maybe even chased some men off from doing the grooming thing altogether. But now it's really easy. Let Manscaped take care of business with the performance package, the ultimate parlay to take your grooming game to the next level. 20% off as well with free shipping with promo code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. Fellas, don't gamble on shaving with the wrong tools. Choose Manscaped, and trust me, your bottom half will thank your top half. We didn't paint a great picture there of the Lions' offense and what they'll be able to do against the 49ers, Matt, but if I was to point to something, though, and I'm trying to own somebody in, in fantasy football in week one, do you think... Hawkinson's at least worth a start because he'll be targeted a lot in those third down situations. DeAndre Swift, do you think they're at least worth a start for your fantasy football teams this week? You know, Swift has not been healthy and really didn't play much in the preseason. I I would go with Hawkinson if you're starting any Detroit offensive player. You mentioned before about Goff. Um, The offensive line's good, actually. Uh, Frank Ragnow at center is a captain and a pro bowler. I like the O-line. I'm interested in seeing if they try to really push San Francisco back and if the Niners are thinking with the guys off the edge, Armstead and Bosa, let's go get golf and put them in a body bag. Do the Lions have a nice scheme put together with Anthony Lynn, new offensive coordinator? So we'll see a new offense. How are they going to scheme and, and run the football? Are they going to go misdirection? Are they going to go counters? Are they going to try guys in motion? Which is something that Matt Patricia and his staff for the last three years didn't do much of. If they're trying new things, look, there's nothing to lose. No one expects Detroit to win this game. But Dan Campbell, and and the the history speaks to this when he was the interim coach of the Dolphins years ago, did pound Lamar Miller a lot when he was running Miami. So that might be the the thing with Swift, uh, Jamal Williams, like I mentioned, Jamar Jefferson's a seventh round pick that they like, and we'll see some time. But yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh yeah, start Swift, he's going to run for 100 (laughs) yards. I mean, the Lions have had two 100-yard rushers in the last six years. I mean, so it's not been, it's not something they do all that well. That's amazing. I'm glad you brought up Frank Ragnow, by the way. Uh, he's a stud, yeah. and he's kind of lost up there in Detroit. Nobody really talks about how good he is, maybe because he's he an interior offensive lineman. And it's not a sexy position. I loved him coming out into the draft, and then the the and I thought, man, maybe early second round, the 49ers could swoop in and draft this player because uh, I love this dude. And he went high. He went higher than I even. I was like, okay, even Detroit likes him more than I do even. Uh, so uh, I felt a little vindicated on that because I felt like I was on an island with how much I liked Frank Ragnow, and he is a stud player inside. And I, I, you just have to. And just knowing Dan Campbell, the little I do, and I'm sure you know him better, his mentality, they're they're going to try to at least bully the 49ers at first because that's that's what you have to try to do to start this and win some matchups up front, run the ball a little bit, and, and give your uh, passing game a chance. Yeah, I think that, that'll be the game plan. And, you know, uh, I think that, that that's what they have to do to try to win this football game. And, you know, our buddy R. Alexander on Twitter, he was very worried that I was going to get on here and, <laughs> and pump up some Browns players overly uh, optimistically. I, I uh, Like the uh, Lions players, like the, I guess uh, our buddy Jeff in Cleveland did last year on one of your crossovers. I'm not going to do it. I, I think defensively the Lions are strong again at the point of attack. Uh, Romeo Okwara, Trey Flowers, Julian Okwara, 
uh, Aleem McNeil, a rookie uh, in the middle. I think the D line's decent, but where I'm concerned is is covering George Kittle. You mentioned Warner covering Hawkinson's a strength. Uh, the Lions linebackers over the last few years have just been not been able to cover tight ends at all. Um, Kyle Rudolph in Minnesota looked like uh, the second coming of Kellen Winslow the last few years, <laughs> senior that is. Um, and, and just anytime he played the Lions, he had, a, he had a career game. Alex Anzalone's a new linebacker they got from the Saints that, that Dan Campbell knows, but can they guard Kittle? That's that's another concern for me for Detroit is once the Niners have the football and you got RPOs going with Lance and Garoppolo. Quick, quick stuff over the middle. Kittle could be a problematic for Detroit. I might take the under in this game. The more we talk about it, I think both teams are going to try to, to, to quote unquote establish the run in this one. And so we might see a lot of handoffs early and and maybe the entire game, especially if the 49ers are able to get a lead and they think they can lean on the Lions and sort of finish them off there and and not have to show the league too much of what they going on got, got, got going on with their two quarterback situation. Um, one more note, really quick, Matt, from you on this 32nd ranked. Lions defense from last year is the scheme under Aaron Glenn is this going to look a lot different and is that going to benefit someone like Jeffrey Okuda who you know maybe had a disappointing rookie season uh, last year under that scheme oh yeah they love Aaron Glenn they love Aubrey Pleasant uh, the uh, defensive backs coach they are saying internally uh, that Tracy Walker and Will Harris the two safeties um, you know they're not going to say this publicly but I've heard this that they were misused by the previous regime Way too much man was played. So here's Okuda on an island as a rookie in week two last year against Devontae Adams just getting torched. And it's like, sorry, son, learn the position. This is what our scheme is. This is Matt Patricia football. We're going to play man. With Aaron Glenn, I think he's going, look, if our guys are, are going to be better in zone and our safeties can move better in zone, let's do that. So I think the scheme will look a little bit different. I still don't think the material's there yet to be stopping good offenses, but let's find out what some of these young guys can do. Um, and, and, and go from there. Uh, th- like I said, I'm worried about the safety spot. I'm not a Harris fan. I think Walker's going to be better in this scheme. Um, but they, they, they think they can get to the quarterback a little bit and that the D-line, like I said, will be improved with especially first, you know, two of the first three picks were Anzarike and McNeil, both interior D-linemen. Levi can play outside. McNeil's more of a nose um, but they're they're establishing themselves in the trenches as a team. But but those are getting again young players playing in their first game this week. You know, just hearing the names Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn, and just, it makes me feel old. When I, <laughs> I remember, you know, when, when you remember somebody as a player, and oh yeah, you start to look in the mirror and realize how old you are when you see these guys as coaches in the league, and you see guys getting induction into the Hall of Fame. It's like, oh my god, they've been retired for five years. What's going on? Where's the time going? Um, the whole staff, the whole staff is former players: Mark crazy. Brunel, Antoine Randall L. Um, uh, Hank Fraley played in the league. I mean, there are a ton of former players on the staff and the guys love it. The question is, can they coach? I mean, we consider, you know, how many odd times we, you know, you watch NBA games and go, Oh man, they got a great staff full of all former players, but they can't coach. So we're going to find out. I'm not expecting the Lions to have a great year this year, but if you see improvement, you notice that maybe at four and 13 or five and 12, it's, it's a, it's a team on the upswing. And then another draft for Brad Holmes got an extra couple picks after the Stafford trade. That's the best you can hope for. So many great quotes from Dan Campbell. This is the last one, Matt. And uh, I just want to know, are they going to have a kicker? They cut all their kickers at the end of camp. Did they sign somebody else back? Did they just not like how they performed and wanted uh, some new blood in there? Did they bring back one of the guys they had cut, maybe from the practice squad or something like that? Or And I wouldn't be against seeing a team go out there and say, you know what, I hate the kicking game, don't like kickers, we're just going to go for it on every fourth down. 
Yeah, I don't know what Dan Campbell's going to do. I, I think, like I said, Brad Holmes, the GM, has done a nice job. I think they botched the kicking situation. I think they underestimated Matt Prater's importance, uh, offered him a one-year deal. My, my sources tell me Arizona gave him two. The Lions only offered one. And then when they came back to him later with, hey, we restructured Goff's contract and some others, he was like, no, I'm going to Arizona. And his wife's from there, so that was a fit mm. for him. So these 48-yard, 49-yard, 50-yard field goals that Prater always was money with, now you're right. Randy Bullock was signed. Disaster. Matthew Wright brought in. Didn't work. Zane Gonzalez brought in. Uh-uh. He's on the practice squad. Now they're going with uh, Austin Seibert, ex of the Browns and Bengals. And he's been cut by two teams. So from a kicking game perspective, they have the best punter in football in Jack Fox. He's tremendous. But on the uh, place kicking side, it's it's weak at the moment. All right, let's flip the script here. Now Matt Derry is going to grill Brian Peacock about the San Francisco 49ers next. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning back to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start this 2021 season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at bet online head to the website use your mobile device sign up today and receive your 100 percent welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo make a bet on the thursday september 9th season opener between the super bowl champion buccaneers and the dallas cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to 25 dollars for new customers only when signing up and using promo code nfl 100 from football to basketball, boxing, and your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Convenient self-service at RockAuto.com where you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, even new carpet for your classic cars, your daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Right, locked on Lions, locked on Niners. A little crossover Thursday. Matt Derry, Brian Peacock with you. Lions and Niners Sunday at Ford Field. Brian, uh, you know, you look at this, you look at San Francisco from a year ago and you go, man, how were they this bad? And you mentioned before about the injuries and, and what took place at the Meadowlands in the early season last year. But what's the talk in San Francisco about this team? I know nationally it's a Stafford and Rams love fest, but what are the expectations uh, for San Francisco? I think expectations are high. I think the 49ers maybe overestimated how easy it was to get back to the Super Bowl. It was sort of a run it back year for the 49ers after. Um, they were gutted after losing the Super Bowl to the Chiefs following the 2019 season. 
Then injuries struck, and they struck early, and they struck devastatingly when you lose your best player on defense and you lose your quarterback. Uh, that, that was pretty much it for the 49ers last year. Uh, and, it, there was, and that wasn't it. There was a ton of other injuries. It was a historic season for injuries for the 49ers. So if they just have average injury luck this year, now they have two quarterbacks to work with. If they do lose one, I think the 49ers are going to be in a lot better shape uh, when it comes to this roster and getting back to where they thought they were going to be last year, which was competing for the West title and, in the end, competing for a Super Bowl. Tell me about Kyle Shanahan. He's getting a little testy because every day it's who's your quarterback, <laughs> how much is Lance going to play, is Lance going to start, and he's like, I-, I told you guys in the summer Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy. What do you What do you think? Is that just media talk, or or is or is there smoke and fire here? No, I. It's funny because, and I kind of side with Shanahan on this one, even though to be honest, he's skated through this because it's hard to go through a quarterback controversy, quote unquote. We have someone who's uh, got name recognition, makes a lot of money, twenty five, twenty six million dollars, like. Jimmy Garoppolo does, then you trade up. They spent three first-round picks plus to go get a quarterback number three overall in the draft. Those are two really high-profile quarterbacks. And to skate through as easily as he has, I think maybe in other markets, potentially, uh, maybe if the personalities didn't work as well together with the two quarterbacks, if they were at odds, but it seems like Garoppolo and Lance have a pretty good relationship here. Uh, it could have gone south and been maybe a little bit more difficult for them, but it seems so far they've threaded that narrow needle and uh, come out the other side okay to start the season we'll see how that goes as soon as somebody has a bad game or throws an interception whether it's one way or the other um, you know the the fans are going to come out of the woodworks if they don't go win the games that they're supposed to like this week one game where they're uh, favored by seven and a half points so um, overall but Kyle Shanahan look they they paid Jimmy Garoppolo 26 million dollars this year not to be the backup they they knew they were getting a 21 year old quarterback that came from a D1 AA college that played one year there. And as talented as he is, there's no reason to expect that he was going to be ready to lead this team from week one. As good as he is, as talented he is, as smart as he is. So the 49ers wanted to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. They even went to management when they made that trade and made sure, you know, hey, is this okay? Uh, ownership was okay with keeping Jimmy Garoppolo around, even though maybe some point Trey Lance does become the starter. But all along, Kyle Shanahan said, yeah, it's Jimmy's team until... Trey's ready, and Trey hasn't proven that he's going to be the guy quite yet, even though they know at some point he will be. So they're rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo, and now there's been a little bit of a finger injury for Trey Lance, so he might actually just completely sit on the bench this year, even though I think Shanahan wants to get him out on the field with Jimmy Garoppolo in some cases. But hopefully for the 49ers, this is one of those games where they don't have to utilize anything tricky. They can play it pretty straight up, and they don't have to show the rest of the league what kind of tricks are under their sleeve. Because in week three, four, five, you start uh, playing against the Packers and some division rivals that also have Super Bowl aspirations in the Seahawks and the Rams, and you probably want to pull out your tricks at that point, not in week one against the Lions. Well, I love what the Niners did uh, in week three of the preseason against the Raiders. It was this two-quarterback system. Here comes Lance running in, <laughs> RPOs. And I'm sure the Lions watched some of that game and saw that film and went, uh-oh, now you got to prep for this? Mm-hmm. I mean, they look really good in doing that. But again, it's gimmicky, and this is not college football. NFL teams pick up on that rather quickly. Yeah, and I think one big note on that is is twofold. One, I think Shanahan is no dummy, and he wanted to put that out there for the league and make sure everybody – had to prep for something and not really know exactly what they're prepping for early in the season for sure week one and two we'll see less of that and I think he was just he wanted to get his team's reps in 
actually changing quarterbacks. So even when he is running with two quarterbacks, it's not going to be on and off the field as much as it was in that preseason game. He was just getting his team practice. He doesn't want to throw his rookie quarterback on the field, and all of a sudden communication's bad, and it took too long to get out there, and they're calling timeouts. He wants things to go smooth, so that's why I think he practiced it so much. I think the real thing's not going to look at all like it looked in that preseason game. But, man, um, it was interesting. It was eye-opening, nonetheless, to watch them do that. And then you sort of look around and go, wow, is Kyle Shanahan really going to do this? Is this going to be a two-quarterback system? Maybe, who knows, maybe he invents a new way to develop a quarterback in the NFL. Who's for the Lions? We talked about George Kittle a little bit, but who else? Uh, you know, who's, How's Debo looking? I know Trey Sermon. Everybody watched uh, on the national stage, and certainly here in Michigan, we all know about Ohio State players. But uh, who who else could could really be breakout and scary when it comes to the skill positions for San Francisco? Yeah, they have a lot of candidates. The last sixteen games, Raheem Mostert has rushed for. 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. The problem is he's never really carried the load. He didn't in college, more of a track guy than a football guy and played a little wide receiver. He's never really been the guy in the NFL. And last year when he kind of had that chance, he got banged up as a lot of 49ers did. So I think they're going to roll with the committee system and they have a bigger back that they drafted in the third round in Trey Sermon, who, by the way, in college also never was just the true bell cow back. So I think we're going to see a committee, but... I'm seeing people draft Trey Sermon ahead of Raheem Mostert in fantasy leagues, and I think that's just the wrong way to go about it because Raheem Mostert, and I went back and watched some more of Mostert, he is a legitimate freak. His explosiveness, the the angles he can outrun, he has uh, that Big Ten track speed still, even though he's bigger and faster, and now he's a football player and not a track guy. And it's amazing to see a late, age breakout running back because it never happens. Most guys are, are done when they're Raheem Mostert's age, but he's got so little uh, tread worn off the tires there that uh, I, I love Raheem Mostert. And if he stays healthy all year, I think he's going to be the guy that people are like, oh, wow, we slept on him and how good he is in Kyle Shanahan's outside zone scheme. And then obviously George Kittle is going to be the wide receiver one, even though he's a tight end. But Brandon Ayuk is the one that is expected to be the breakout player he's got downfield speed he's got run after the catch ability he's got everything Kyle Shanahan looks for in a wide receiver he might even return some punts for the 49ers this year and Debo Samuel proved he could be a gadget guy last year and I think that was partially due to quarterback injuries he also proved that he could be more of a true legit wide receiver weapon his rookie year so uh, I think they expect big jumps in both year three and year two wide receivers and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and I've been shocked about how how good Trent Sherfield, by the way, looked in preseason games. Uh, he's a, he's a special teams gunner, and that's why they brought him in. But he came out and looked like he absolutely belongs as the number three wide receiver in this offense, and gives them a little downfield speed too. So uh, that's been a fun element to see, and that might come into play a little bit more when Trey Lance is at quarterback than when Jimmy Garoppolo is at quarterback. But a lot of candidates to have some breakout seasons here for the 49ers, whether it's in the run game or the pass game. Ryan Peacock locked on Niners, Matt Derry locked on Lions, Thursday crossover. Defensively, we know we know about Chris Kasirik. I've been saying on the air that Chris is coming back to Detroit and, and is going to have his boys on that <laughs> defensive line coming at Jared Goff. Um, they're healthy, yes, and 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 certainly um the entire defense, I think, is uh, it, it went healthy, is as good as there is in the league, right? Yeah, just uh, one guy's banged up that's supposed to be a starter. That's cornerback Emmanuel Mosley. So they signed Josh Norman just as insurance there because behind Mosley, they have a couple of rookies in Diamador Lenore and Ambry Thomas, and I don't think they want to throw them into the fire quite yet, even though that would be kind of fun to see a little Pac-12 throwback with Diamador Lenore from uh, Oregon guarding 
Amonra St. Brown from USC. I think that would uh, yeah. help both guys with a little familiarity there in uh, in week one. But yeah, this, this is a powerhouse defense when healthy. And the most important part of the defense, maybe the most important part of the team, including the quarterbacks last year, that you really realized when you saw him as a rookie how good he was from day one, and then losing him last year is is Nick Bosa. And all reports are, and they they have been very cautious with him, no preseason action, not a lot of team drills in practice, but he's on pace, he's going to start, he's going to be ready for week one, and it'll be almost a full calendar year since he tore that ACL and he's looking even more explosive, according to reports. He thinks he's going to be better and faster and stronger than he was before, and he was already so good. So that's really the key for the 49ers and their defense. If Nick Bosa is that guy for six or 17 games now, uh, look out. The 49ers' defense could be trouble once again. Tell me about uh, where you think this game is going and a, and a prediction for this one in terms of uh... – you know, look, the spread seven and a half. I think we can both agree that I, you know, I think the Niners are going to win this football game. I just think they're a better team. And like I said, the Lions, you know, Jared Goff's barely played in the preseason. Swift's barely played. Hawkinson, I think that's going to take some time. Uh, but where, where do you see this game? What kind of score prediction do you have? Yeah. So I, I mentioned the Trey Lance finger injury and. I don't think they'll run him out there just to be overly cautious in this game. Jimmy Garoppolo started slow the last couple of years in week one. And he wasn't great last year, even before he got hurt in that first game against the Arizona Cardinals. So if he starts out a little bit slow, the 49ers, I'm sure going to try to run the ball a lot. We mentioned how probably the Lions will try to do the same. I think this is going to be a really low scoring game. So I would take the under on the over under of total points. And maybe in that way, it keeps this game closer than seven and a half. But it's really hard for me to say that the 49ers can't win this game by a touchdown or more because I just think the 49ers are that good when healthy and and they've got the Lions beat at almost every position group with some of these matchups and the Lions are a work in progress but you just never know what a team's going to look like under a new coaching staff and I think it's probably easier for the Lions even with the two quarterback thing to prepare for what the 49ers are going to do and knowing a little bit more about what their schemes are than how the 49ers can prepare for the Detroit Lions. So maybe there's an element of a low-scoring game, a sneak attack from Dan Campbell's guys, and they're biting off kneecaps and all that stuff, and, and he's got them <laughs> ready to play, and maybe they keep this game close. But uh, for me, I think you got to give away those 7.5 points and take the Niners. Yeah, I, I, I see a 27-10 to 10 type of game. I think San Francisco will put up some points. I think the Lions are going to battle. They'll play hard. They're going to play. They even played hard for Matt Patricia uh, to, for, to an extent. There were not a lot of blowout losses a year ago. But I just don't think they have enough material yet. And I think they're going to have a real hard time finding, you know, Jared Goff having throwing lanes and, and finding open receivers. So that's that's kind of what I see uh, for this one on Sunday. Brian, uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Brian Peacock, Locked On Niners. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. The Thursday crossovers in the books for week one.